What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Okay. What is up, guys? Hope all is well. Hope you guys are good. Um, so we're going to talk about a couple games. I did not watch Maryland. Uh, I didn't watch the Maryland and Purdue game. Did not watch that. And I know Iowa and Minnesota are up right now. Pretty sure everybody is uh, you know, rooting for Iowa. Who knows? Um, Okay. So I'm going to talk about the Michigan State-Wisconsin game first, man, which was pretty interesting. I low-key probably saw more of the Wisconsin-Michigan State game than I did the Michigan-Nebraska game. You know, with like Christmas and opening presents and food and all that stuff. But either way, this this is going to be on the pod later. So, um, so if you guys want to re-listen, uh, it should be up there. But Wisconsin, Wisconsin is a good team. They are a really good team, and you know one thing that you know you've seen, one thing that you've seen. Um, with this year especially, is that the, the teams that return veteran leadership um, are doing pretty good. Uh, the ones that have, you know, bigger holes to plug, those are the teams who are kind of not in a great spot right now. You, know, you look at like Duke and Kentucky and, you know, you know, those are two examples of how teams like that need a a long non-conference. You know, they need to start their first exhibition late October, and they need to keep going and go through the go through the rigors throughout November of a non-conference. They need their cupcakes. You know, this is why teams play cupcakes and buy games. Um, to iron out some things, to you know, get guys' confidence. If you're 18, 19 years old, coming in, coming into college basketball for the very first time, um, you are you are in a in a position now where you're going to have to grow up quick. If you don't grow up quick, um, this season is going to be very tough on you. And, you know, you've seen that with a lot of these teams who have younger players. Um, If you look at Memphis as well, if you don't know how to win and you're young and you don't know what, you know, college hoops is all about, you know, you're going to have a bad time. You know, point blank, point blank. And um, I honestly thought, I honestly thought that – between 
Rocket Watts and Aaron Henry, uh, and then get some from from Gabe Brown and whatever Josh Langford can do. I'm not saying that you replace Cassius with one person, but as a committee, you know, you can mitigate his loss a bit. And I'm not seeing that right now, um, especially with, with uh, Watts, someone who had a lot of ex- expectations coming in. I mean, today he had seven dimes, two turnovers, which for a, for a point guard is solid. You know, that's what, uh, three and a half to one assist to turnover? I mean, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Um, but nine shots and five points, that's that's tough. And then a couple of lapses here and there, um, that's tough. And Izzo, Izzo is, uh, you know, he has his ways of doing things, of course. But they got to find a way for the for Rocket to thrive. I think Lawyer has done a, a decent job coming in and really managing the game. He comes in and he manages, but Wisconsin um, kind of exposed a weakness that I think Izzo knew this whole time is that it's like, hey, he's Lawyer solid on the offensive end, but if you have bigger guards, you can post them up and um, – and you can't do that with Rocket. But the difference is right now, I mean, Lawyer is just more efficient on the offensive end. But when it comes to takeover ability, um, Rocket has the talent and the size to take over games on the offensive end. And we all know that Rocket is uh, pretty decent defensively. But in terms of in terms of leading a team on the offensive end, initiating he is it's almost like he's he has he has like an he is like an inner battle between uh should i be unselfish or should i take advantage and i think once he figures that out the game will slow down for him but i think right now i think he's you know he's either one or the other he's not doing both at the same time and I think that's what made you know, Cassius so good is that he could, he can, he can evaluate, and he could process a play, two steps ahead, with three or four options. Like, okay, if I'm driving left, I know this is open and this is open. But if my defender does this, I know I have my floater, or I have, I know I have my, you know my crossover or behind the back scoop layup. Uh, I don't think Rocket is there yet. And I think that's the next level where, you know, he needs to go. Um, and they need to have someone who can close games offensively. Um, I think Gabe Brown is the best NBA prospect on this team. Uh, but what he's best at is being an athlete and making shots, not really getting his off the bounce and through pick and roll actions. So I think that's got to be Henry and that's got to be Watts. And I'm I'm not understanding the – is it infatuation or fatuation? I don't know. I don't understand um, the overly love for, you know, Kithier. A hey, solid game today. You know, he did have eight and five. Solid game numbers-wise. But when it comes down to it, I mean, you're – 
you're down multiple possessions in the in the end of the second half. And for some odd reason, you know, he's still in the game. Like, you know, you're trying to space Hauser out on the wing for a, a, a drive. Paint is clogged because Kithier is going from short corner to short corner, and his guy is pretty much not even moving. His guy is basically a floating helper. Um, I don't understand that. I don't understand why you don't go with Hauser at the five sooner. They tried that, but there was like 30 seconds left. Um, they have to do it sooner. Uh, on top of that, you have Marcus Bingham. I mean, six minutes, one foul. I'm not sure what's up with that. You know, Julius Marble, 11 minutes. He was pretty active in the time that he played. Um, but I thought having their – they have a room of ba- of legit five bigs if we, if we count Hauser. Um, not being able to get two of them is very, very strange, especially for a dude like Izzo, who was known for his big man uh, competing at a very high level. You know, you lost Tillman. You know, you have to find one of Kithier, Marble, Bingham, and Sissoko. I think Sissoko is about a year or two away from really uh, coming in and changing the, the uh, game. I just think he's too raw right now. Crazy athlete. Athlete, super energetic, but he's just not skilled enough right now. I honestly think Marble's the guy, you know, to be that second big, that second consistent big. Um but he just hasn't gotten the opportunity. Uh, and Kithier stays with a super long leash. And I think it's because Izzo knows exactly what he's going to get. Um, but they start out 0-2 in the conference. If they start out 1-1, you know, it wouldn't be that, you know, bad. Um, because Northwestern, I mean, you know, proved to be a pretty solid team. I think Northwestern went on the road to Indiana and got a win. Uh, either I think it was on the twenty third. Um, they got to win pretty handily. Like, like it was kind of close, but I mean, Northwestern pretty much dominated that in that entire game. And then Wisconsin came in; uh, they were favored, but then the betters moved it to Michigan State by two and a half. Um, but Wisconsin pretty much had had their way. I mean, it was a really good game. It was a really good game. But then little things. Um, Wisconsin did, whether it was understanding which pace to go to or understanding um, where the weaknesses were with Michigan State. Um, but Michigan State has to has to find a way, man. They got to find a way to get these roles ironed up because that's like just like Kentucky and Duke, you know, they are, they are finding themselves – they're finding themselves, and Michigan State is also uh, who they have next. You know, they're at Minnesota in three days. In three days, they're at Minnesota. It's interesting because Michigan doesn't play until the 31st. That's like, what, two games and 
two games in like like 19, 20 days. But yeah, so they're at Minnesota. That's that should be a win. Minnesota's a lot more talented than um than what people think. I know that they they, they don't have Oturu, but they have uh I think his name is like Liam Robbins inside. He's not bad, man. Like they, they got this other um small forward, I think his name is Booth Gotch. He's not bad. He's not bad. And then you have guys like Gabe Kalsher uh rounding things out. Um and of course Carr as well. Um dangerous team, but still it's baby Patino's team. So baby Patino, so that knocks him down a, a couple notches automatically. But talent wise, they're right there. They're right there. They're not bad at all. Um, but either way, they should go into Minnesota and win that game. They should. Um, I'm not going to keep you guys forever. Pretty usual. These post games, I want them nice, short, and quick. Want something to say, say it. Um, but we'll, uh, we'll keep it moving. Uh, let me see. You said, what does Michigan need to improve on the most? Uh, honestly, I don't know what lineup that was. Like, I don't know why we're messing around with lineups on the road after 12, 13 days of rest. Like, win the game. Like, go up by 20, 25, and then start tink- tinkering. We go on one run, and we got Franz running point. Like, what is going on? Like, I know you trust them. Yeah, that's cool, but, like, you don't – like, you don't try that at Nebraska. Because they – they cut it down to what four? They cut it down to four late in the uh, second half. I mean, that could have got ugly. That could have gotten real ugly, and everybody would have been pissed off. Everybody would have been heated. Um, but they need to uh, continue continue establishing their roles because they're not they're they're just they're just not there yet. They're not there yet with their roles. They'll get there eventually, but they're not there yet in terms of roles and what everybody's job is. Um, still unclear who the who the leader is, who the vocal leader is. Um, I like the pieces, though. Decent pieces. Um, good for Franz today. I mean, more aggressive with 16 shot attempts. Uh, his three is still a bit off, but, you know, 20 and 9, it was nothing to scoff at. But you need more of that. Like, like that's what you want to see all the time. They they only went, it says seven deep here, but I'm pretty sure John's played. I'm not sure why they don't have his uh, his numbers here. Did he not get a get any stat? Mike Smith had a, had a decent game. A couple of weird turnovers. Um, that shouldn't happen, but, um, he needs to keep pushing the pace of the game. In my opinion, he doesn't push enough and he's so fast. And I, it's, it's almost like, you know, he wants to, but he like second guesses himself, but he plays so fast. Um, and those athletes will more than love to just run with him because those are dunks, layups and threes. <laughs> Livers had an okay day. Get an okay day. 
just an overall solid game. You know, scoring 80 points on the road, you beat a team by double digits. Um, no matter who Nebraska is, 12 days off from playing anybody um, sucks. Sucks. And they looked a bit lethargic. Not a lot of energy, but they got the job done either way. Nebraska right now, they probably have three Big Ten players, and that's it. Delano Benton, uh, he has 17-5 and 3-2. and two. Um, Trey McGowan, super athletic dude, he had 15. And then Teddy Allen, he had 25, but he had, what, 21, 22 in the first half? And then he went cold in the second half, did a much better job at making him catch the ball, you know, further away from the hoop and make him work for that seven to eight feet. It matters. It matters. Be able to, you know, catch at 20, 23, uh, you're in more of a comfort zone than, than you are when you catch it at 30, 32. John's played with no stats. He's man, he's gotta get a foul or something. He's gotta get a foul or something. No way he, he got a trillion. He played way too many minutes to get a to get a trillion. If you don't know what a trillion is, it's you're registering minutes and you have no field goals attempted, no threes attempted, no free throws, no rebounds, no assists, steals, blocks, turnovers, fouls, or points. It's zero across. But the minute column has however minutes you played. Jack, yeah, so Hunter played well. Um, but when they started double teaming him, uh, he's got to do a better job at understanding, you know, you know that, yeah, he's 7-1. But it's not high school where he could just turn and pass it. He's a, he has to be able to turn ball fake. If you ball fake, now the guy's in the air. Now you're able to pass it over him once he comes back down. Uh, just a couple sloppy things, but overall, Hunter had what thirteen and 15, thirteen and fifteen. It's not it's not that bad. Been hearing Delano talked about a decent amount for the draft. Yeah, I mean, I saw dude, I saw dude play. Um, I I believe I was watching Nebraska in their very first game, and I'm just like, yo, this dude is everywhere, and I'm like, he's pretty good. And I'm like, how tall is he? Like six three, six four. But I looked him up that he was six nine, and I'm like. Holy moly! That dude is a that dude is a, a he is a pro prospect. I guarantee you. But like a week or two later, I started seeing articles about him. I'm just like, yeah, I vouch. I vouch. He's everything NBA teams want nowadays. Tall, length. You can shoot it. You can defend. You can handle the ball. You can do multiple things. He's like, he's like a. He's like a – how do I say this without being disrespectful? He is like a low-middle-class Brandon Ingram. And that's not a slight at all whatsoever. He's like a – I'm not going to say poor man's because he's 
better than that, but he's like a he's 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 like a low middle, closer to middle class, Brandon Ingram. What's up, Ben? Yeah, I was just going back to Franz. Like it just seemed like he would guard any guy that like got hot for Nebraska, and mm-hmm. even if like he didn't like shut the guy down, he was forcing them into really tough shots. Um, specifically Teddy Allen in the second half. I mean, he just locked him down for a good portion of the, of the second half. Yeah. And it was impressive to watch. As as good of a defender he is, I think this was probably his best defensive game. And the one thing I've noticed, he, he just does such a good job of not biting on the pump fakes. Yeah. And he's, he plays so patient on defense. I mean, a lot of guys have the athleticism, but <laughs> they just don't, you know, they'll – Overcover or just like kind of bite on like any sort of like little fake. France, France with his length just allows him to kind of stay back and you know stop the dribble drive at the same time while he's still um, not letting the guy get an open jump shot. It was it was impressive to watch. Yeah, man. So anyone who has like really long arms, uh, you don't bite on fakes because even if they shoot it, you have the length to still be there. So it's like, okay, you can pump fake, but I don't really care. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah. And so, like, with him, he doesn't look athletic because he looks kind of gumpy and goofy. But, man, his mobility is very, very good. He has really good mobility. And then uh, you you compound that with um, his length, whether he is contesting at the rim um, or whether he is – um, touching just you know, just touching the ball as someone's dribbling, and he's just he just he just touches it. That's so annoying. That's so annoying. Um, I would say that, in my opinion, his best his best uh, defensive game was Michigan State last year at home. Um, like it was so good that I made like a video on it. Like it was unreal first half where people were saying how like he he's trash because he had like no points and then I showed them like <laughs> I'm like this is why this guy is really freaking good on the court because even though he may struggle from the offensive standpoint uh, he saves so many points on the other end and it's good to have someone like that on your team because at six nine. 220, you know, he can effectively guard the one through four spot effectively, no matter who's playing there, uh, if they get hot. Not sure about the five yet because he can get overwhelmed by guys like Kofi and Garza uh, and like Trevion Williams and all that. I get it. But any power forward, small forward, shooting guard, or point guard in this league, uh, if they get hot, uh, Having Wagner on them is a mother effort. It's a mother effort, man. Yeah, if you could, if you could just like if you could just kind of develop a more like consistent jump shot, I, I just because you can tell when like he kind of like when he gets it all from out there from out the three point line, he just kind of like hesitates and he doesn't really want to shoot it, but he knows he has to. Yeah. And if you could just develop that, I think he could turn into like a top fifteen pick if he's not, you know. Yeah, for sure. He needs to get his his jumper right. Even then, even then though, um, his jumper can be adjusted. You know what I mean? That could be adjusted. And right now it's not broken. 
Um, he does push it a bit. He doesn't really jump. Um, and it's a little low. So that could be adjusted. And I think that that'll be easy. And he could get drafted just off of potential, in my opinion. I, I always said if Mo and Franz could have a baby, then they would be like the best player Michigan's ever had. <laughs> It'd be pretty good. It'll be pretty good. That'll, that'll be pretty good. That's good stuff. Uh, let's see what are people talking about here. Michigan finishes the season playing a ranked team in seven of their last eight games. I'm pretty sure it's eight of their last eight games. I'm pretty sure it's eight of their last eight. They play a ranked team. Oh, except Indiana. And Indiana's tough. Yeah, so like seven of the last eight. And, and who knows what happens with Northwestern till then. Or Indiana till then. Um, all good teams. All good teams. Uh, the schedule guys did Michigan zero favor. Seven of the last eight games against Michigan was so ridiculous heading into March. Could be huge in preparation for the tournament, but it would also be a disaster because losses snowball. Dave, 1,000%. So... Yes and no. And it's almost like Michigan gets their own version of a non-conference legit schedule, right? So I talked about early how a, a lot of these teams who are trying to find their roles and they have new faces and some young faces, they're getting thrown into the fire right now. But Michigan, over they, sh- they should be favored or should be – you know, they should be the pick to win in 16 of their first 17 games. So, really, in their first 17 games, Juwan and the team are really able to get who the guys are. They're able to get guys in their roles. Um, they're able to not go through major bumps right now. Um, if they do hiccup, they could probably still pull out a win. Uh, and that gains confidence on top of that too, right? So when you get to that slate of tough, you know, games, I mean, yeah, it 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 looks bad from our standpoint, but they don't play them all at one time, you know. Like, like you're not gonna be facing Ao Dusumu when he's gonna come down and throw a lob to Gabe Brown, you know, or like. Kofi Colburn is going to be on the post and he throws it out to Luca Garza who passes it to Demetri Trice. Like they're, they're not playing these teams all at the same time. Okay. They play each team one by one and every single game is your own championship. But if it's looked at it as you know, seven out of eight are ranked. Yeah. Okay. I get it. But it's one game at a time. You know what I mean? And that's still a long time. We have no clue what these teams will look like here in a month. Who is a better defender for Michigan, uh, Charles Matthews or Wagner? Um, I'm going to have to go with Wagner. Um, Matthews was also really freaking good. But I think Wagner's versatility, his length, um, his deflections um, really put him over the hump. Matthews was good too. Matthews was good, but but you know, you know, Wagner just does so many so many things on the defensive end, and they don't show up as steals. 
you know, guy goes up for a layup and has to torque and twist in midair and fling up a crazy shot. Wagner doesn't get the block, doesn't get a steal, but because Wagner was there making this dude do crazy stuff, that's as good, if not better, than a turnover. And I think, like, going back to Mike Smith, I mean, specifically in the half-court sets, I don't know if I'm like I'm still I'm still kind of in a wait and see mode on on him just because like he'll sometimes dribble into trouble specifically really early in the game and he'll just like dribble in the corner dribble into like weird situations and have to make like some great pass to even get out of it and that's what you're saying earlier like if you just push the pace more then like Michigan wouldn't even be in, in those situations because in, in a half court set Mike Smith just kind of I don't know. He just kind of screws it up sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I do think that he, you know, he's still trying to find himself. You know, he's going from shooting the ball 20 times a game to between like five and seven times a game. So I think he's trying to find his sweet spot as well. And like you said, you know, I think that he can, he could push the ball a lot more than he has. And I think Juwan wants him to, um, which is a good thing. But him pushing that ball at Columbia, you know, you're playing with a, a bunch of dudes who are going to lay the ball up. You know, on this team, you're playing with dudes who are going to finish at the rim hard, um, you know, hit in rhythm threes, um, and guys who will like bail out, bail you out with any mistakes where you don't have to make the perfect pass, just make the pass. And, uh, and yeah, in the half court, I mean, like he still learned, like, you know, this is, you know, he was at what, four years at Columbia, four years there. One year he had the medical issue, but, you know, four years at Columbia, you know, he's, you know, he's like, relearning college basketball altogether where he doesn't have to be the man. But I do think there are going to be points this year where he's going to be needed to take over. And he has that ability based on the way that he's like scored in the past. Uh, you know, We're going to need him to go for seven, eight, nine point bursts um, because nobody else is on or the guy guarding him is pretty much at his is at his mercy. So I'm with you there. Um, yeah, it's almost time. Nothing crazy today. Nothing crazy today. Uh, simple, chill, 30 minutes on locker room. Nothing nuts. Nobody coming on here is going, <laughs> going crazy. I'm still waiting for the day someone comes in here talking wild. But I can't wait for that day. I'll be ready, though. I can't wait. But either way, um, Merry Christmas. And I believe the next game is on the 30th. Michigan State plays on the 28th. Um, both games are winnable by both teams. And um, I'll talk to you all soon. Ben, thank you for coming on. I appreciate it. Hold on. Last thing, Dave. I think it's kind of crazy that the Big Ten next year doesn't have a guaranteed first-round pick. What player in the big you think is drafted the highest? At this point, I've only seen the guards of Franz Wagner, Aaron Henry, and Osumo on draft boards. I the only one with a first-round grade. Um, 
next year, meaning 2021 draft. 2021 draft. Uh, I mean, you know, Gabe Brown is right there. Um, but it's not crazy. I mean, the Big Ten usually doesn't draft those types of players. And then on top of that, the NBA doesn't like old players. So that's kind of like a double whammy. Um, but if Juwan keeps recruiting a certain way, I mean, there's like that's that's going to happen, you know. <laughs> um, we're we're going to have lottery picks come in for one year and then, you know, leave. Like at Kentucky, happens every year. And, you know, I have, you know, friends who can't stand it. They hate it because there's no balance of one and dones and guys who are solid components for three or four years. They come in and those guys end up leaving. So I just hope Jawan is able to um, really structure the teams correctly. You know, having five one and done dudes. You know, you know if you're going to sell out and you know, you know, try to get that, you know, try to get that one year done. If you don't get it done, those those dudes are gone. If you don't recruit at that same level. Um, that could hurt the program from for multiple years. So it's not crazy. It's not crazy. Um, yeah, ex- exactly, Dave. You know, you have, you, you know, you have Luca Garza, who was probably was probably the you know going to be Player of the Year nationally, and I don't, I don't see him on any draft draft uh, board, man. None of them. I don't see him on any of them. Even though he's, you know, the best player in college, which is insane. No problem, Dave. I always go back and forth with, you know, being as accessible as I am because people get too comfortable, you know, and they start talking to you a certain way. Um, and then I got to kind of like, kind of, kind of like, snap at them but um i do enjoy it i do enjoy it i try to be as accessible as possible i talk with everybody uh as long as you come at me with respect i reciprocate but um but if you come at me disrespectfully or you try to demean or talk down to me then i come back at you tenfold that's pretty much how that works so people say that i mean da 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 or i'm a jerk ask them what they did (laughs) <laughs> let me see the interaction then they'll show you and you'll see exactly why I snapped off on them but anyways um, Dave those were leg- legit questions and um, and we'll see as the year progresses because right now the center position for this coming class is not very good I believe like they have like one dude from Oregon um it's like in folly or folly Dante or Dante and folly or something like that. Um, the center position is very, very thin right now. And I know the game is going to the positionless play five small forwards if you have to, but you know, you're going to need, um, you're going to need a couple bigs on your roster. 
So I don't know why. I don't understand the Garza stuff. It's, it's kind of weird to me. It's kind of weird. I understand it, you know, because he's like a Marcus Sol, um, Marcus Sol, Jokic type. He's just got to pass the ball better. But outside of that, man, I don't get it. I don't get it at all. But, yo, thank you guys for coming in. I really do appreciate you. Um, <laughs> I appreciate you, Jennifer. Um, we'll talk soon. I'll, I'll, see, I'll see you guys.